You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, good morning, everyone. Blessed is he who is flexible, for he shall bend and not break. Sorry about the confusion this morning, but hey, it's just one of those things that happens. We're grateful to have you here at Getting in the Word, where we certainly dig into God's Word and uh, hopefully will encourage you as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And even if you've never put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, well, we pray you will do that. Um, as you journey with us through your walk with Christ. And Telegram is the place where we are doing that, uh, not only in person in our church at Family Bible Fellowship, but we are here on Telegram where we try to pour into each person that uh, so faithfully here each week. So we love our subscribers. We appreciate you. And uh, I don't like calling you followers because we're called to be followers of Jesus, not men. I hate to let you down, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so really no different than you other than God's called me to teach his word. So that's what I do. But we're glad you're with us and thank you for being here. We've been working through on Thursdays. We started last week uh, a series on the family. And what an important topic in our society in which we live and in our day because, well, the enemy's crafty. And the enemy understands and knows that if he can uh, dismantle the family, the nucleus family, well, he can have victory in most areas of our uh, walk with the Lord. So we want to make sure that uh, we are being faithful and uh, that we are consistently um, uh, consistent concerning ourselves with how the family is doing. And so I hope that you will be encouraged by this series. Um, it sure has been a blessing to me and reminds me of my need to be uh, a faithful husband, a faithful father, and uh, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ in it all. And so we're glad you're here, and we pray that you'll find this series a blessing. So this is... Uh, uh, family series, and today's message is affirmation and uh, and the family. So let me pray, and then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for today, this opportunity to be here, getting in the Word. Pray you would bring the ones who need to hear this message today, that there is no one here by accident. So, Lord, give us ears to hear that we might faithfully follow you, that we might be about your business, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, well, we've been working through a series on the family, and today we're going to be talking about affirmation um, as it relates to family. So let's begin by saying this. I struggle in this area. You may find, uh, you may find it easy to be a person who is affirming I find it very hard. It is not in my DNA to be affirming. And maybe you find yourself struggling with affirmation as well. Uh, I don't have the gift of encouragement, which is, I believe, is intertwined with affirmation. Um, 
But nevertheless, um, we need to be affirming and we need to encourage. So with that out of the way, I want us to learn how we can both, husband and wives and even children, learn uh, to be more affirming in our families. How can husbands affirm their wives? How can wives affirm their husbands? And how can children affirm their parents, their siblings, their brothers and sisters? Now, I I know uh, this can be difficult, but nevertheless, we're called to do it. I'm known to pick out the bad and pass right by the good. That's my personality um, because I, I just believe everything can be done better every time. It's, um, yeah, that's a, a downfall for me. Um, I don't know why God made me that way, but uh, I, I, I want to do what I do to the glory of God, and and when I do it, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And when I don't, I get frustrated and, and aggravated when things are not going as good as I know they ought to be going. And uh, even down to the smallest detail of life, I find myself living that kind of uh, life. Um, just recently, we've been doing a lot of uh, shrimping. It's shrimping season here in South Carolina on the coast. And we can go out into these uh, deep holes anywhere from 25 foot to 35, 40 foot deep and catch shrimp. And we locate them on the GPS. And I know they're there, but man, it's so frustrating when I can't get it all together. And I know they're down there and, and, and maybe we only get a half of a cooler and man, I know we should have got a full cooler. And so I, I'm, I'm out there the next day. Cause I, I know that I can get a full cooler. We we just have been designed, some of us, to try to do things perfectly. And we know we can't be perfect, obviously. But I have a bad habit of picking out the bad and passing by the good. Why this is, I don't know. I just know I need to be more affirming, uh, affirming towards um, others around me. Chuck Swindoll or Charles Swindoll said this, each day of our lives, we make deposits in the memory banks of our children. And I add to that as our wives and husbands as well. And I want to be a father, a husband, and a brother that is known for his affirmation and not for the one that's always known by his denial. Now, my children would probably say, I can never get anything right, Dad. Uh, Because I push them, I want them to be the best version of them they can be by the glory of God, because they are spirit-filled people. Uh, Jesus Christ is indwelling most of my children at this point in their life. And so when they do things, I want them to do it for the glory of God. Um, But I don't want to be known the rest of my life for just saying you didn't do it well enough. I I want to be an affirming father. And so I'm, I'm really, this is a lifelong process for me at least. So how can we take those normal everyday opportunities to speak words of affirmation to the people in our lives, our wives, our husbands, our children? How can we utilize those moments, mothers, to speak 
of affirmation to the lives of the children that you are raising in the home. Kids, how can you better use affirming words towards your moms and your mother and your father and your brothers and your sisters? Well, I thought it would be helpful to maybe give you first a definition of what it means to be affirming and what it means to speak words of affirmation into the lives of those whom God has around you. Maybe maybe it will be in the workplace. Maybe it will be on the ball field. Maybe it's in the home or in the car, the bedroom, a, a date night. Wherever you find yourself, how can you better speak words of affirmation toward our family? The definition of affirmation is this. Affirmation is the action or process of affirming something or being affirmed. Listen, you can put that uh, word that you are uh, defining into a definition. I don't find that very helpful when I'm trying to grasp a definition of affirmation. So what does affirm mean? Well, since affirmation is the process of affirming, then what does affirm mean? Well, Here's what affirm means. Means, uh, it means to state as a fact, assert strongly or publicly, declare one's support for, uphold, or defend. It is to accept and confirm the, uh, the validity of something or offer someone emotional support or encouragement. Now, would you not agree that Life would flow smoother if we validated, if we defended or offered emotional support for our family members. When that person says, I can't do it, I can't quit, I can't stop it, wouldn't the the, the landing of our words be cushioned if, done in a more affirming way, maybe like this. We could say uh, from Matthew 19, 26, with God in your life, listen, honey, all things are possible. Certainly you can quit that. Certainly you can accomplish that, young kid. Um, you can do it. You can stop whatever it is. I, I want to affirm you. I want to encourage you that you can accomplish. You are strong. You are dedicated. You are a faithful child. And I believe that God in your life allows you to accomplish those things that honor God, and you can do those things. Well, I want us with that in mind to turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11. I want to talk about a few things. Um, first thing I want us to do is is when we're trying to understand how we need to be more affirming in the family, this is why. Here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 11. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, whether we live together with him 
Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. The context of this passage deals with the coming of Christ. It is uh, with our salvation. And so when talking about those in Christ, we're talking about ultimately the family of God. We talked about that distinction last week or two weeks ago. We took off last Thursday. Um, We talked about koinonia, fellowship as it relates to the family. And that fellowship is our connectivity in our relationship to Jesus Christ. We are born into the family of God. And so here we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ is the only way into salvation, not by your works, not by your deeds, which you've done in righteousness. For we know that uh, that is not what saves us. It is a work of Almighty God through the death, burial, and the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, by which He gives us life, our faith. Uh, It is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So why should we be concerned with affirmation in and as it relates to our brothers and sisters in the Lord? Well, you see, God hasn't destined us for wrath, but for salvation. And it's because of Jesus Christ. Our salvation should change the way we talk. It should change the way we walk. It should change the way we interact with other brothers and sisters in Christ. We kind of looked at that on Tuesday as we looked at uh, at the doctrine of salvation and how um, our salvation should change us in the way we live our lives. Our salvation should convict our hearts to be more loving in our delivery of words. And though we fail on this on a regular basis, we we need to simply apologize and ask God for forgiveness and those that we've offended, as you will. Uh, but nevertheless, God is faithful, and uh, and and so we just simply need to be more careful with our words. You see, Christ ultimately saved us. Those that have placed their faith, there should be a desire inside of our hearts to encourage, to affirm one another in in the Lord. Because we understand that whether we are asleep or awake, we, we live with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that should bring you and I joy to change uh, our hearts and our mouths that that we should speak to seek the pleasing of the Lord to build up rather than what? Tearing down. Tearing down's easy work. Building up, listen, takes effort. And uh, it takes planning. It takes precision. Tearing down's easy. Our children do this really well uh, as they tear down their friends and or their siblings because, I don't know, it kind of makes them feel good, I guess. But it's not uh, what what the the heart of a believer should be. It should be not tearing down, but building up to encourage, to affirm, and that's what we need to seek in our families. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, "The words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing." Um, you know, I wasn't very affirming of my wife this morning. I woke up, I had a lot on my mind, I was tired, 
Uh, and, uh, she was reminding me of some things and that I needed to make sure I didn't forget. And, uh, and, and I, and I didn't respond well, I, it, you know, sometimes we, uh, don't respond well. And so by way, I sent her a text this morning and just to affirm her and to tell her, I appreciate her and I love her. And I apologize for not, uh, coming across, um, snippy. Um, are coming across snippy, but nevertheless, um, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You see, our words will either do two things. They, they are destructive and they break down or they are constructive and they build up. So is, are, are your words destructive? Or are they constructive? Our words are tied closely to our understanding of God, of sin, and salvation. If our view of God is high, our view of words will be high. Um, it's one thing to claim a high view of God and another thing to have a life that shows it. And by the way you speak and what you say, Reveal what you think of God. We will consider that phrase that proceeds from our mouths as either honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ or dishonoring. Maybe it's been a long day. You come home. The house isn't perfect. Uh, it's not in ship shape form. And you say something. What is it that you say? Because, you, you know, most of us, Men who go out and we work all day and we come home and uh, our wives have maybe been home serving our children all day, teaching them in the home. And uh, if we come home with some high level of expectation that the house is going to be perfect and dinner is going to be on the table, while that may be your expectations, you might be disappointed here and there. Because, well, until you are willing to understand the struggle that can come from uh, homeschooling and and uh, all of those struggles can be very difficult. And so we need to learn how to, in those moments, be more affirming. You can speak in the way that is affirming and still address an issue that's clearly out of place or improper. Again, you can break down or build up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another, build up one another, just as you also are doing. So here we find the idea behind affirmation in the family, right in the scripture. We are told two things, affirm or encourage one another and build up one another. You can, I believe, you know, do either or. Um. You can, you can, uh, I believe in you. You're awesome. There's nothing that you can't do if the Lord opens a door. I believe in you. I, I think you can, you can do it. You can say these things. So listen to what he says here in first Peter three, eight, nine to sum up all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. This is encouragement. 
But notice the second part of the verse. He he says, build up one another. Um, I used to work in demolition. Many of the tanks and the buildings that were being torn down were just ripped apart. But in order to build up, it takes legwork. It takes discipleship. It takes planning. It takes blueprints. It takes a foundational. Uh, you can't just build a house. Well, you probably could without a set of plans. Um, you don't put irrigation in without planning. You don't build roadways and septic lines and water lines without typically having a blueprint in the proper order, or you'd be tearing stuff out to get stuff in. Um, so if you are going to be building and affirming and speaking constructive words of affirmation, then we we kind of need a blueprint. And the Bible is our blueprint. Proverbs 21, 31 says, whoever keeps his mouth, his tongue keeps him out of trouble. Uh, some of us, our mouths get us in trouble. You know those people who they open their mouth and they seem to get themselves in more trouble. They're more harmful than they are helpful. Uh, even a fool is quiet. Uh, even a fool is wise when he's quiet. Why? Because his mouth doesn't reveal his stupidity. And many times I've wondered, maybe I should just shut up because what I'm speaking is stupid in some ways. So we have to be careful. Ephesians 4.29 reminds us, let no corruptive talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Boy, if we followed through with that, what would the world look like? Well, we wouldn't have a bunch of gossiping about people on Telegram. We wouldn't have a bunch of gossiping about people on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media outlets. We would have a bunch of people who were not speaking in ways that are considered corrupting talk, but rather our words would be for that of building up and uh, giving grace. James 3, 4 to 12 says, look at the ships also as they are so great and are driven by strong winds and are still directed by a very small rudder. Whatever the inclination of the pilot desires, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest fire is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire in the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. Wow, think about that. Your mouth can be the very source which defiles your entire body, and it sets on fire the course of your life, and it's set on fire by hell. Every species of beast and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and, and has been tamed by the human race, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. 
With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out? the same opening fresh and bitter water. Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives and vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Your tongue, how you use it, whether to break down or build up, will define you. James 1, 26 says, If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but, dis- in, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Do you want to be known as a worthless person in your religion? If you don't control your tongue, that seems to be the case. So be weary of those who simply won't shut up. They just keep talking about everything here and there, open, blah, 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 always yapping away and never thinking about what they're saying and how it deceives their own heart. we got to be careful. The tongue can be a weapon, and you must learn to bridle your tongue. Psalm uh, 141.3, David saw the danger. Um, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Watch over the door of my lips. Some people just need to shut the door. Shut it. Keep quiet. Because in the spewing of the mouth comes the bitterness of the heart. That ought to be a proverb. Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When his lips are closed, he he is deemed intelligent. I know a man who he is intelligent. I, I think he's intelligent, but he's very quiet. So I would know if he was foolish because he doesn't speak much. But when he does speak, it's very thought out and intelligent speech. Proverbs 15, 4, gentle tongue is a tree of life, but pervasiveness in it breaks the spirit. Psalm 37, 30, the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. His tongue speaks justice. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious. Is your speech always gracious, seasoned with salt? That means it's tasty, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. It Listen, passage after passage after passage in the Bible on the tongue. We affirm one another in the family with the tongue, and we also curse. We build up and we tear down. That is why you must be born again <laughs> so that you can have the Lord as captain of your mouth. 
you and I should learn how to better affirm one another because we are in Christ and our hope and our joy are full and we shouldn't get wrapped up in the things of this world, but how can we encourage and build up one another in the in the Lord? But when we tear down, we talk like the lost, without hope, full of bitterness. James 1.21 talks about putting away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Listen, affirmation is much needed in the lives of everyone. We need to be in prayer about our words. Psalm 19:14 Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Can we pray that today? Psalm 19:14 Because if there even when my words are admonishing will be filled with affirmation. We're called to admonish, but they should be building up admonishment. I can tell someone they are worthless and of no value in my tongue, or I can simply say, what you did wasn't proper. And because you are a follower of Christ, he expects you to respond differently and to handle that situation in this manner. And this is what the Lord says. So that is that is admonishment, but it's building up instead of breaking down. And we are very we can be very guilty of that. And so I hope this message encourages us to think about how it is that we admonish, how it is we um speak out against injustice or difficulties. We can do it in building up. So here are a few things that you and I can use as we launch out in trying to live our lives more affirming. You can say, I'm proud of you. I've tried to do this more often with my children because I never do. At least I haven't in the past. But more recently, I've started explaining to my son I'm proud of him. 15 years old. He's a hard worker. He works four days a week. He does school. He's 15 years old now. Um, you know, he's got his head on his shoulder. He's very responsible. Um, but historically, I, I haven't told him, son, I'm proud of you. Um, I, I've been on top of him. You need to do this. You need to do this. This is the proper way to do it. But, but, but shouldn't he hear, son, I'm proud of you? Shouldn't our wives hear, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your husband. You are an amazing woman. Or husband, I'm proud of you. You're such a, you know, my wife is an affirmer. And as a husband, maybe I don't really need affirmation. That's not my love language. But she still affirms me, even though it's not my love language. Um, she affirms me. She tells she sends me text messages. You know, I'm I'm so grateful for, you know, 
for how you serve our family and how hard you work. And I, we really appreciate you. And uh, I'm proud to be your wife. I'm, I'm, you know, et cetera. She does a wonderful job of this. So maybe, maybe, maybe your husband needs that, ladies. Maybe his love language is affirmation, and you haven't affirmed him. Maybe he isn't the strongest leader in the world, but nevertheless, he needs that affirmation. If he's working hard to provide for your family and to give you a safe home, and he is a good protector, how can you affirm him? Maybe he isn't the strongest in this area or that area, but find an area in which you can affirm your husband and your wife, affirm her men. You can say, way to go. Good job. You did it. Um, maybe you could respond magnificent. I, I knew you could do it. You know, I, I, uh, I, took my daughters out in the river and my daughter was like, dad, you know, I can't cast and I'm having a hard time. I can't get the rod to put my bait where I want it. You can do it. And then she would, you know, throw it straight up in the air and almost hit everybody in the boat. And we had a laughing time, but when she, when she would, when she would do it, I would say, honey, that's magnificent. That was a great cast. I knew you could do it. Just keep working at it. Um, so how can you affirm your children? You know, maybe they're hard workers. Maybe they're great at schoolwork. Maybe they're not that good at schoolwork. And when they when they make a, a C, you can celebrate them. L- listen, not everybody is an A student. And when you get your diploma, it doesn't give your GPA on your diploma. A D is diploma. The reality is, is we need to celebrate where we can. Maybe you need to tell your children, what what a wonderful helper you are when they help clean up the kitchen or the floor or the toys or whatever. Maybe you need to affirm your wife and remind her that you're very special to me. Tell her what she means. You know, we always do this to dead people. We stand up there and we tell how much we love the dead that has gone before us. Well, why not do it before they're dead? Affirm them. Give them flowers before they die. They, they're not looking down from heaven, seeing the flowers in the funeral. That wouldn't be heaven. That would be hell upstairs to see your family weeping and crying over your loss. Give them the flowers before they die. Tell them you love them. Affirm them before they're gone. Maybe you can tell them you trust. I trust you. You know, trust is a big deal. Do you really trust one another with your finances and your relationship? Tell them they're a treasure to you. When they do something, tell tell them it's beautiful work. You know, my, my son, he's just a little bitty fella. But he draws pictures and he hangs them on the refrigerator of dad and mom and the family and 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 I, and I'll just say you know it's beautiful work. Is it like going to be framed and put in a 
studio? Of course not. But but you can affirm them beautiful work, right? When things get really hard for your teenagers and they handle it well, you could just say, hey, listen, you're a real trooper. You did really well. You handled that well. You could have really gone off and and really put those people in their place, but but in your self-control, you you decided to build up rather than break down. You did a real good job. Well done. You can tell them that's that's so creative. Right? I hope you're writing some of these down because if you if you're like me, you ought to have this thing tattooed on your arm because I'm not an affirmer again, typically. Well, you could say that's so creative. You you make my day. You're a joy. Maybe can I can I say this? Give give your kids a big hug. Like whatever happened to the family where dads hug their children? Where they they just give them a kiss on the cheek. Tell them you love them. Show them. Don't just tell them. Anybody can say, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Put your arms around them for crying out loud. They may not be here tomorrow. Show them you love them. Remind them that they're a great listener. Encourage them when they figure it out. Tell them you love them. You know, some men have a hard time, I don't know, for some reason, because maybe their dads didn't tell them, I love you. You want can I can I encourage you as a family to do something and it's gonna it it will mess you up. Get your family and sit in a circle in your living room without a cell phone or a TV, which I know is almost impossible, and have every single person go around the room and tell each one why you love them look at them in the face and say i love you and here's why i love you you know if it's me i look at my wife and say jennifer i love you and here's why i love you i love you because you're an amazing woman you love the lord you're you're an amazing servant you serve god so well and and the overflow of that is that you treat me like a king when I don't even deserve it. You you love me self-sacrificially. You take care of me. You provide my my needs. You 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 think above you think of me above yourself. You are a wonderful wife. You're very romantic. You are fun to be around. I love you because you you love our children so well. You, you see what I'm doing? You affirm one another. Sit in a circle and tell each other why you love them. It will mesh. Everybody in the living room will be weeping. Why? Because it's a powerful. Your love for somebody is powerful. And when you begin to explain to them why you love them, the kids are laugh at first. But next thing you know, they're crying. Because they really do love their siblings. They just don't never sit down, shut up long enough to think about it. But when they have time, oh, it's a beautiful blessing. So sit down around the family and tell each other why you care, why you love each other. It'll be a powerful tool. Uh, remind them they're, that they're responsible. 
you're just so responsible and, and I appreciate you. Um, you're the best. You sure try hard. I've got to hand it to you. you. You did the best you could do. Son, daughter, wife, I couldn't be prouder of you than in this moment, the way you handled the situation. Listen, remind somebody they light up your day. And then pray for somebody. I'm praying for you. Praying for you today. You're welcome. You're wonderful. I'm behind you. You're so kind to your brothers and sisters. You're God's special gift. I'm here for you. Right? So there's a a lot of opportunities for us. A lot of times it's simply taking time to think about how we can create ways to be affirming to our loved ones and our family. Because the world we live in is extremely busy and social media sucks up most of our lives. And any spare time we have, we're on the phone, we're on the TV, we're on something. And we don't give our time, our minds times to think. You know, as I'm driving down the road, sometimes I'll see my kids and they'll be over on their phone. I'm like, get off the stinking phone. What am I going to do? You're going to use that brain in your head that God gave you to think about what you want to do for a living, for crying out loud, create something. Like, but you can't be in your phone if you're going to be creative. Like, get off the phone and be creative, right? Like, we got to take the time that we need to create ways to affirm people in our lives, in our family. So I wonder how much time has passed in our family's lives, in my children's lives, where I've failed to affirm them. I want to change that. And I want you to change that. I want you to be an affirming person. Because I think affirming persons are persons who honor God with their lives and with their lips. I'm going to try and pour out affirmation in the lives of those people around me. And I want you to know that uh, I care. And I want them to know that I care. I want everyone to know that they mean the world to me. That I truly believe in them even when when they fail. Um, because, my friends, that, that's what God does with us. He affirms us that we are his children, that, that we can have a victorious Christian life. And when we are faithless, my friend, God remains faithful. God believes in each one of us. That's why he's indwelt us with his spirit, so that we can walk out and not fulfill the desires of the flesh, that we don't have to pop off at the mouth when we shouldn't. We can accomplish great things for the glory of God because we are children of God. We've been adopted into the family of God. And because we've been adopted in the family of God, it changes the way we live our lives and how we respond to those around us. So my encouragement for you today, as it relates to the family, 
not only must you be in fellowship, that's the first F of family. A stands for affirmation. How about be an affirmer to those around you? Father God, we thank you for today, and we ask you bless this message, and may you encourage us all to be better affirmers for the glory of God, for grace and mercy in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we walk and serve you in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.